you, preacher. God bless you, Luke. Chapter number 19 in your Bible. Wasn't that some great music tonight? Man, I love the good harmony. I love the good picking. And I just like it, like it, like it. And somebody said, well, I don't believe in all them stringed instruments. Really? Have you looked inside of one of them pianos? There's 88 of them in there. And I appreciate it tonight. And about the statewide meeting, let me do a real a little quick commercial. Uh, this coming year, the statewide meeting will be at Harvest, our church, in the last Monday and Tuesday in March. And uh, we'll start at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and go up to Tuesday night. And we put all the out-of-town preachers up, if you'll let us know if you need a place. And uh, we'll have a great time. Uh, Dr. Jack Treber is going to be with us. Dr. Jeff Fugate is going to be with us. Joyce Myers is going to be with us. I ain't lying. And we're actually we're going to have Miss Spangler preach. Amen. First time I preached for Brother Steve, my boy Joe, who's now on staff with me, he wasn't but like four and a half, five years old. While I was preaching one night, he had to go to the restroom, so she took him. So back in the restroom, he said, hey, lady, you know what? He said, if my daddy gets paid real good in this revival, he's going to buy me a born iron when we get home. <laughs> oh, son, I trained him good. <laughs> but we're excited about the next year's meeting, so come be with us. He's talking about your tacos and about what preachers remember uh, eating. Dr. Billy Canoy, one of my heroes who's now with the Lord, said years ago he went over to Alabama to preach and said every night for supper and every day for dinner, you know, supper's at 5, dinner's at 12. Now, if you're a Yankee and you've slipped in on us, I'm sorry about that. And he said every night for supper and every day for dinner, we had chicken. Chicken. He said, chicken, 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 chicken. He said, so on that last meal, he said, I just knew we was going to have something besides chicken. And said about that time, the lady said, Brother Canoy, won't you say the blessing? And he said, by the time I went to bow my head, here come that lady with a big platter of conternal southern fried chicken. He said, so here's how my prayer went. Oh, Lord, chicken. We've had it hot. And we've had it cold. We have had it young and we have had it old. We have had it tender and we have had it tough. But sweet Jesus, don't you think we've had it enough? <laughs> oh, my. I haven't thought of that in 40 years. Amen. But the Lord is good. And thank you for coming and being with us tonight. The pastor's really appreciative of you being here to help him and encourage him tonight. Turn to somebody to your left and say, you look good tonight. You look so good tonight. Now turn to somebody to your right and say, you ugly, but I love you. I cannot believe at the men who fall for that. 
I was preaching in Knoxville a while back, and I came in, a guy in the back had his arm around this lady. I said, hey, buddy. I said, is that your sweetheart? He said, no, it's my wife. <laughs> it was a little cold. But I'm glad the Lord's people can have a good time. If you save, raise your right hand. If you know it, raise your left hand. If you can't get rid of it, raise both of them. Praise God. Luke's Gospel tonight, chapter number 19. May sing that last song, I knew that I was on the right track tonight. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, we'll begin reading, if you will, tonight in verse number 29. And it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethpage in Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go ye into the village over against you, and the which at your entering you shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man set. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus you shall say unto him, and here's one of them lines in the Bible, tires my nerves up, because the Lord hath need of him. You know why that gets a hold of me? You think about this tonight. The sovereign God of eternity that made it all has a need. Now I have heard preachers say this and I know what we mean and as far as God being sovereign and omnipotent and omnipresent and holy, I understand. You know, God doesn't need anybody. He's God all by himself. I understand that. But if the gospel gets preached, if a lost world gets won to Jesus, if the gospel is proclaimed to the four corners of the earth, who do you think tonight's going to do that? The body of Christ. So therefore tonight I can say, the Lord needs you. He needs you in his army. He needs you in his service. He needs you in his kingdom. He needs you. I got one better than that. He wants you. I got one better than that. He loves you. I got one better than that. He'll take you. I got one better than that. He'll use you. He's not all that particular. He is not near as particular as some Baptist on who he uses. The Lord hath need of him. And I'm going to be honest with you, I felt Jesus on that point right there. Verse 32. And they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them. And as they were loosening the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus. They cast their garments upon the cold and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And they were come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives. The whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God and rejoice, or rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Saying, Blessed is the King. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. It sounded like they had a time. 
Verse 39, by the way, they're not all dead. Some of them may be here tonight. And some of the Pharisees, from among the multitude, said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And I love what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, I'll tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And I don't know how you feel about it tonight, but I don't want no rock shouting in my place. Because I don't know what the Lord did for that rock, but I know what he did for me when he got me out of the mire and he put me on that rock. I'm reading tonight from what we call the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ on his way to the cross. I want to tell you a personal story and then I want to dive in and preach till about 10 o'clock, praise God. This passage has always meant a lot to me and here's why. You don't have to be around me much to know that my daddy was my hero. I mean, he was my hero, he was my friend, he was my pastor, he was the best man in my wedding. Taught me how to hunt, taught me how to fish, taught me how to shoot a gun. I asked him one time, I said, Dad, how come you didn't teach us to play golf? He said, we're Christians. <laughs> and he said, we don't dabble in the things of this world. But my dad was born back in the 20s and by the time he got to be a young man, World War II was in the heat. And my grandfather, his daddy, went off and left him and his mom and his two brothers to fend for themselves. My dad had to quit school and get a job to help his mother put food on the table. Therefore, my dad never got what we call a formal education. Somehow, my daddy got drafted in the midst of the Korean conflict. And one night, on his way back from Nashville, back to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, they had a Jeep wreck. My dad was ejected from that vehicle and landed face first in a muddy ditch and stayed there for hours. They, got, they finally got to my dad and pulled him out, took him to the hospital. He spent nine months in the Army hospital. A surgeon literally had to take a knife and cut every one of my dad's teeth that was knocked out of his head that was embedded in his tongue. That left my dad with what we would call a speech impediment. A lot of people that didn't know my dad had a hard time understanding what dad said. I mean to tell you, I had no problem at all understanding what dad said because he carried with him a board of education <laughs> that he would apply to your seat of knowledge and I promise you, you would graduate with a better understanding of the subject. There is one word my dad had no problem pronouncing at all, nah. And that's what's wrong with America's kids tonight. Mom and daddy don't know how to say no. Nah. But with that speech impediment and no education, that left my dad with a serious inferiority complex. My dad grew up his whole life feeling like he was nothing and a nobody. He always felt like that he was just a nothing and a nobody. Well, God reached down one evening and saved my daddy. 
Not long after that, God began to call my daddy to preach. But for about a year, my daddy ran from that call. Because of that inferiority complex, he would always say, God, I'm not good enough. God, I'm not educated enough. God, I'm not talented enough. Lord, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that's more qualified than me. I am just not good enough to serve God. And one Saturday night in Danville, Virginia, they were having a little revival, a little independent Baptist church on the other side of town. My dad walked in the back of that little storefront building that night and a man of God, an evangelist, was preaching from the very text I'm preaching from tonight on this triumphant entry of Christ where Jesus rides a little donkey into town where a little donkey lifts Jesus up and a little donkey carries Jesus to people who need to see it. And Jesus got all the praise and the little donkey got none of the praise. And at the end of that sermon, doing the invitation, that preacher looked back there at my daddy and pointed to him and said, young man, God is calling you to preach. But you don't think you're good enough. You don't think you're educated enough. You don't think you're talented enough. Well, young man, I have come to tell you on the authority of this text, if a donkey can do it, you can too. Come down here and get saddled up. And boy, that night, my daddy walked the aisle and surrendered his life and for the next almost 60 years, he saddled up to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that was my daddy's theme, his whole ministry. As a little boy, I can hear my daddy said over and over again, why, if a donkey can do it, you can do. If a donkey can lift up Christ, if a donkey can carry Jesus to people who need to see him. And Jesus get all the praise and the donkey gets none of the praise. If a donkey can do it, you can too. The other Easter I was preaching in the life of Christ and I came to this Passion Week and I'm sitting on a Delta 747 getting ready to fly to California to preach Man, I'm studying this and I came across this triumphant entry. And although my dad's been in glory many years, it seemed like he walked up to my little seat and leaned over and whispered in my ear, Psst, don't forget it, boy. If a donkey can do it, you can too. I forgot I was on the tarmac. I forgot I was on a Delta 747. And I begin to cry. Boy, I begin to lift my hand. And you can get in trouble for that because they've just made an announcement to the whole airport. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Please report all suspicious activity and all suspicious-looking people to your local authority. And I promise you, sitting up there in that seat in a three-piece suit, a man screaming, squalling, hollering, waving his hands has got to look suspicious. 
Although it didn't look near suspicious to me at that lady in her pajamas in her flip-flops with her stupid poodle dog. Can I get an amen? But oh man, that came back to my mind. If a donkey can do it, you can too. And you know that's the purpose of all of us Christians tonight. It's to lift up Jesus and magnify Jesus and take Jesus to people who need to see him. And Jesus gets all the praise and let's little donkey get none of the praise because it's not about us, it's all about him. And in the text, let me give you three things about this donkey. If he's gonna be used to carry Jesus into town. Number one, think about this tonight. The donkey has to be bought. The donkey has to be bought. You say, now what do you mean by that? Well, when you go home tonight, read Exodus chapter number 35. And you will read something that I promise you that will bless your socks off. Did you know according to the book of Exodus, a donkey, when it is born, it is born with a curse upon it. When that little donkey is born from the day he breathes his first breath, he is born under a curse. And the law demands that if a man has this donkey, he is to break its neck and kill it because it's under such a curse, it's not fit to live. But here is the good part. If you don't think God's not good, he even has a means whereby undeserving donkeys don't have to die, they can live. And did you know the man that owns the donkey, if he doesn't break his neck and kill it, then he has an option. The Bible said he can redeem it. The only way for that curse to be lifted, it's got to be redeemed. The only way that donkey can live and not die, it's got to be redeemed. The only thing that can keep that donkey from getting what the law demanded that he received, he had to be redeemed. And right when I got ready to shout about that, the Holy Ghost said, read the next part of the verse. And I found this out not only does the donkey have the opportunity to be redeemed? But the only thing in the law that can redeem the donkey is a lamb. The man that has the donkey, if he doesn't break its neck and kill it, the only other option is to redeem it by a lamb. Well, glory. The only way the little donkey is going to live and not die, it's got to be redeemed by a lamb. The only thing that can keep the donkey from getting what the law demands it to get is to be redeemed by a lamb. 
You say, what has that got to do with us? I'm glad you asked. Every one of us in this room tonight were born sinners, depraved, alienated from God, under a curse, and the only thing we had to look forward to was to die without God and go to a Christless hell. But God has devised a means whereby unworthy sinners like you and I do not have to die and go to hell. Thank God we can be redeemed. And may I remind you tonight, there's only one way to be redeemed, to escape the curse and the condemnation of God. And that's not redeemed by the water baptistry and not redeemed by church membership and not redeemed by good works. But the only way the curse can be lifted and the judgment be reversed, we must be redeemed by a lamb. And not just any lamb, not some lamb, not one of the many different lambs, but the only lamb of God. For that day down by the waters of the Jordan, John saw Jesus coming and he stood on the banks of the mighty waters of Jordan and he spoke with a voice that shook both sides of the river and said, hey, look over yonder. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Can I remind you tonight, it was the Lamb of God that paid the price. It was the Lamb of God that kept the law. It was the Lamb of God that made the demand. I'm not redeemed tonight with corruptible things or the vain traditions received from the tradition of my fathers, but I'm redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot and without blemish. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child, and forever I am, I have been redeemed, redeemed by a lamb. Well, glory. The only reason why I'm not already dead and in hell now, I've been redeemed by a lamb. The only reason why I'm saddled up to the king tonight, I've been redeemed by a lamb. The only reason why we're lifting up Jesus tonight and carrying Jesus into town is because I've been redeemed by a lamb. And I want to see any old donkey that's been to Calvary and washed in the blood and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God can lift him up and magnify him and serve him and get saddled up to him. Thank God redeemed by the blood of a lamb. The holy Lamb of God. Boy, I love that word redeemed. Redemption. It means to pay a price. It means to purchase as one's very own. It means to be set free to honor the one that paid the price. Oh, can I remind you tonight? I owed a debt I couldn't pay. 
and Christ paid a debt he did not owe. And I'm glad he paid the debt. He paid the price. He purchased me as his own. I don't belong to the world. I don't belong to religion. I don't even belong to myself. But I belong to Jesus because I have been purchased and redeemed. And I'm glad when he redeemed me and purchased me, he set me free to honor the one that paid the price. I did more than get religion. I got redeemed. I did more than join the church. I got redeemed. And that's why the Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know why the Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so? Because we're the only ones that's got anything worth saying. Thank God for redemption through the blood of God's Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I read this little story about a little fellow that had made him a boat. and He was down in the creek playing with his boat. And all of a sudden, a swift current came and he lost control and the little boat floated out of sight. Man, he lost his little boat. One day he's walking down the street and he looked up in the window of a pawn shop. And there in the window of that pawn shop was that little boat. He ran into the proprietor and said, Sir, that's my boat. I'd like to have it back. The proprietor of that pawn shop said, son, it may used to be your boat, but some little boy came in here and pawned it off. It's my boat now, and if you ever get it, you'll have to buy it. Boy, the little fellow runs home and says to his mother, he didn't ask his daddy because his daddy wouldn't have done it. You know how that is. And he asked his mother, said, mama, my little boat, I found my little boat, but I got to have $2 to buy it. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot of money to young people today. But there's people in this room, you're so old, bless God, $2 was like $2 million back when we was kids. Boy, the mama gave him that $2. Man, he ran back and ran in that pawn shop, told that proprietor, here's your money. And that proprietor took that boat out of the window laid it in the arms of that little boy and he bought it back for two dollars. A bystander was standing there and they said they saw that little boy. He picked up that little boat and he hooked it and he reached down and he kissed the little boat and they heard him say as he walked out of the pawn shop, little boat, I love you. Little boat, I made you. Little boat, you went away from me. Oh, but little boat, I found you. Hey, little boat, I've just paid for you, little boat. You're twice mine. You're twice mine, little boat. Oh, can I say this tonight? I'm twice his. I'm twice his. I was made in the image of God, but I fell away in the garden, and I was plunged into depravity. But 2,000 years ago, on a hill far away, the Son of God died for the sons of men, that the sons of men might become the sons of God. And he said, his blood and he bought me and I'm twice his. I'm God's by creation and I'm God's by redemption. Now I belong to Jesus. He belongs to me and not for years nor time alone but through all eternity. And if you're in this room tonight and you've been saved and redeemed lift him up. Give him praise. Give him glory. Take him to somebody that needs to see him because remember if a donkey can do it, you can too. Hallelujah. For redemption. 
Lord, I know they've sung it, but I want to say it. Oh, when Jesus was on this earth, and the Bible said that the foxes have holes and the birds had nests, but the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. When Jesus was on this earth, he borrowed everything. He borrowed a womb to be born from. He borrowed a table to eat at. He borrowed a bed to sleep in. He borrowed a boat to preach from. He borrowed a donkey to ride. He barred a cross and he barred a tomb. When Jesus was on this earth, he never bought a flock of geese, a flock of birds. He never bought a stock of camels. He never bought any livestock. He never bought any land or any houses. No, no. He even borrowed money from the mouth of the fish to pay off the IRS. But I want to tell you this tonight. He did buy something, or should I say, he did by someone and may I say the only thing he ever bought was your soul and mine when he bought us on Calvary we was on the auction block of sin and the devil and the powers of hell were bidding for our soul and the devil said I'll give him sin and then I'll give him misery and then I'll put him off into hell but Jesus stepped up on the other side and said I'll give him joy unspeakable peace that passeth all understanding and life everlasting and he outbidded the devil and he paid the ultimate price and he put his blood on the mercy seat that donkeys and sinners like you and I can have the curse lifted and lift up Jesus and magnify Jesus. Thank God for redemption through the blood of a lamb and if a donkey can do it, you can too. Woo! The donkey has got to be Number two, look in this text tonight. Not only does the donkey have to be bought, but the donkey has to be brought. Jesus said, now when you find that donkey, you gotta bring him to me. You see, if that donkey is gonna get saddled up with Jesus, if that donkey is gonna lift up Jesus, if that donkey is gonna carry Jesus into town, he's gotta get out of his world into Jesus' world. He's got to get out of everybody else's presence and get in Jesus' presence. He's got to get out of his own plans and his own ideas and his own will and he's got to get in the plans and the ideas and the will of Jesus. As long as he's way over there and Jesus is way over there, they're not going to get hooked up Oh, but when he gets out of his world and he makes a trip over into his world, business is about to pick up. You say, what has that got to do with me? Until you get out of your world and your plans and your dreams and yourself and leave all of that behind and get in his plan and get in his dream and get in his world, you'll never get saddled up to the king. You gotta get out of your world and get into his world. I didn't, I didn't, hadn't thought about this in a couple of years. But eating supper a while ago, I told the guys with me tonight, we had a young preacher come through. You'll get that in a minute. Through our church one time. In fact, we've had a lot of people come through. 
Bless God. It's like a revolving door. A lot of people come through our church like Elizabeth Taylor and her husbands. I ain't gonna be here long. In fact, I thought about changing the name of our church from Harvest Baptist to Thruway Tabernacle. <laughs> through. He was passing through. Passing through. I think we were church number 29, but he was passing through. And man, he made this statement to me. He said, I, I want to go off with you sometime. I, I want to spend some time with you. I, I want to see what makes a guy tick like you. you, you you're interesting. And I just want to spend some time uh, to, to learn more about you. And I said, here's what you're going to learn. You're going to learn I'm one of the most boring individuals you have been a, you've ever been around in your life because all I, all I do is eat, sleep, travel, and preach. Eat, sleep, travel, and preach. Tacos on Tuesday, chicken on Wednesday, fish on Friday. That's all I do. Eat, sleep, travel, and preach. But I gave in and I let him go. And one day I was trying to rest and he picked up my Bible and thumbed through it. That's all right. He picked up my sermon notes and thumbed through them. It didn't take him about a minute and thumbed through all of that. And then he got my planner. He got my date, but that's before I cloud. Boy, you better pray that cloud never thunders because none of us will know where we're supposed to be. <laughs> Boy, he went through my planner and he went, ooh, yuck. Now look, I don't mind if you look at my stuff. I don't mind if you go through, but, but when you look at it, don't go yuck. And I said to him, I said, what's your problem? What, 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 what's wrong with you? He said, ooh, yuck. I said, what's wrong? He said, oh, my. I wouldn't want every day of my life planned out like that for years. And I know I shouldn't have did this. And a good pastor would not have done this. A sane man would not have done this. I said, you ain't got nothing to worry about. You have nothing to worry about. You will not be busy every day of your life. And boy, he began to whimper. What do you mean by that? I thought, well, I'm already in. I might as well give him the whole load. I said, son, you come to church pretty regular on Sunday morning, but you might come back Sunday night if you can wake yourself up from your nap after you gorge yourself on food. And I said, and you never come on Wednesday. You never come on visitation. You never lift your hands to do anything around the church. And I said, son, listen to me. I didn't write the Bible. I just preached the Bible. And Jesus said, it is required required in a steward that he be found faithful. God's not going to give you a ministry to see if you're going to be faithful. You are faithful and then God gives you a ministry. I said son, you're too busy. You're too busy. You're too busy to be busy. I said you're too busy to be busy for God. I said you're too tied up over here in this and, and tied up over here in this and tied up over here in this. You know what Jesus said to them boys? When you find that donkey, cut her loose buddy. Sever the tie. Cut it loose. Sever the tie. Free him up 
that he can get out of his world and get into mine. May I say this tonight, as long as you and I are tied up to lesser things, I'm telling you, lesser things and not eternal things will never get saddled up. But I say tonight, cut loose, break the tie, sever the cord, dive all in for God and give him everything. Boy, I'm having a good time. Now, I know you're not supposed to talk to animals. I know that. But people do all the time. You ought to be with me at the airport. I'll be there tomorrow. Boy, the other day I flew in from meeting Miss Arthur came to pick me up while I'm waiting for Miss Arthur to come through that long line of 10 million. This lady, man, she shoots by me, about knocks me down. She goes over this big Mercedes, looks in that window, and says, oh, my precious. Oh, my precious, I missed you so bad, honey. Oh, my precious. And I'm thinking, dude, what in the world have you done to that woman to get her to appreciate you so much? I'm thinking, Miss Arthur, hurry, hurry. Oh, but in a few minutes, it wasn't her husband. This stupid looking poodle dog <laughs> stuck his head out the window and he got to licking that woman and that woman got to licking him back. Oh my precious, she was more glad to see the dog than she was her husband. And when I saw him, I knew why. And I'll be honest with you, if I'd have been him mad to her, I wouldn't even have picked her up. People talk to animals. So I'm going to go over here and talk to this donkey just a minute. Mr. Donkey, I want to tell you something now. I don't know what all you're hooked up to. And I don't know what all you're wrapped up and engaged in. And I don't know what all your plans are for today. But I just want to tell you something. Little donkey, the best day in your life It's about to take place. If you will let these men cut you loose and bring you out of your plan and out of your world and out of your environment and take you over there to where Jesus is, let me tell you, boy, you're in for the ride of your life. I'm going to tell you something, son. You're about to go where you've never been. You're about to get involved in something you were not even born to get involved in. In fact, you're going to get into something most little donkeys would never even dream of. Most little donkeys, all they do is carry somebody else's burden and pull somebody else's load and get slapped upside the head if they ain't doing it right. But you're about to go where you've never been. You're about to see what you've never seen. You are about to get into something that most little donkeys never even dreamed of. And I'm going to tell you, this guy they work for, oh, oh, let me tell you, you, you've never had a master like that. I'm just going to tell you, Mr. Donkey, you're about to, you are about to hear a voice like you've never heard. Mr. Donkey, you're about to sense a presence like you've never sensed. And Mr. Donkey, you're about to feel a touch like you've never felt. 
I'm just telling you, buddy, if you'll cut the tie and quit being busy and involved in lesser stuff, get over there where Jesus is at and give him all you got. Oh, Mr. Donkey, you're in for the ride of your life. You say, what has that got to do with us? I'm so glad you asked. Whatever you're hooked up to, whatever you're involved in, if it's not lifting up Jesus and magnifying Jesus and carrying Jesus to people that need to see him, cut loose and dive all in for God and wave the white flag of surrender. But let me just warn you, before you cut the tie and go with God, you're about to go to where you've never been. You're about to see what you have never seen seen. You're about to get involved in something that most depraved sinners can never even dream because all we had to look for it to was to die without God and go to hell. Oh, but you're about to hear a voice like you've never heard. You're about to feel a touch like you've never felt. You're about to sense a presence like you've never sensed. You're in for the ride of your life. I want to stop and clear the air and say this. If you're looking for somebody to feel sorry for, don't start with me, man. I am hooked up. I am hyped up. I am juiced up on the fact that I'm saddled up to the king. I'm lifting up Jesus. I'm carrying Jesus into town. And brother, I never thought I'd ever be in a parade where people be yelling and screaming and praising and glorifying God. But I'm going where I've never been. I'm seeing what I've never seen. I'm feeling what I've never felt. Oh, serving God, lifting up Jesus, giving God your everything. Honey, you're in for the ride of your life. Because the Bible said, the eye hath not seen, the ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of a man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. And if you think that verse is talking about heaven, you're out of context because the very next part of that verse said, but the Holy Ghost hath revealed them unto us. He ain't talking about the sweet by and by. He's talking about the nasty now and now. He ain't talking about the wild blue yonder. He's talking about the good old right now. God is good right now. Jesus is Lord right now. It pays to serve God right now. You think of that little old donkey. The only thing it was ever designed to do was carry somebody else's junk, pull somebody else's load. Why, he's not a stallion. He was not made to prince in a regal parade where a king was. Oh my God, but there's that little old donkey. He don't deserve to be there. He never thought about being there. But the only reason why he's there, <laughs> he 
He's done got saddled up to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hey, crawl out of that valley and quit scratching with a bunch of fleas and climb on that mountain and spread your wings and get a breeze of the Holy Ghost and fly for God and soar for God and live the good life, the abundant life. I'm telling you tonight, if you'll cut the tie and go all the way with God, you're in for the ride of your life. And you remember, if a donkey can do it, you can too. You can too. He's got to be bought. He's got to be brought. Oh, but there's something else in the text. Number three, he's got to be broken. Because he said, when you find that donkey, he's wild. And he's a Baptist donkey. He's full of himself. He's an independent Baptist donkey. Nobody's ever tamed him. He's proud and proud of it. He's backslid and proud of it. He's meaner than a junkyard donkey. <laughs> That's pretty, that was fast thinking right there, brother. And he's proud of it. Now, I didn't grow up in the country, but I, but I did have an uncle that had a big barn, and I've been around horses. Now, I've never been around many donkeys and many mules, but I do know this about horses. You walk up to one that's never been broken. You walk up to one that's never been tamed. You walk up to one that's just full of himself. <laughs> and you try your Roy Rogers high old silver. <laughs> and you'll be doing it from another world. <laughs> yeah. Because you, especially a donkey, you know what his natural tendency is to do? Bite. Buck, rare up, resist. <laughs> Sounds like my wife's mother, but man, anyway, I'm, I'm just telling you a donkey's natural tendency it's to not get along with anybody. Up, yeah. uh, time out. Does that sound like somebody you know? <laughs> full of themselves, full of themselves. My way, nobody controls me. Nobody tells me what to do. I do my own thing. I don't bow to anybody. That's donkey talk. And that old donkey is full of himself. All he's ever done is snarl bite, buck, rare up, and resist. Oh, but Jesus said, I know no man's ever tamed him, but I'm the donkey whisperer. <laughs> Woo! You bring him over here to me because I'm going to do something for that old boy nobody has ever done before. Newsflash. You know what happened the night you got saved? God did something for you that nobody has ever done before. 
that night God filled you with the Holy Spirit. He did something for you that nobody has ever done before. That night when God lifted you out of yourself and put you in the anointing power of his gracious spirit, he did something for you that nobody's ever done before. I want to tell you what God wants to do. He wants to do for you what nobody's ever done. He wants to do for you what nobody can do. He wants to break you and mold you and make you and get you out of yourself and surrender to his will. And I see them now. They cut the tie. They bring that untamed donkey that no man has ever ridden and they bring him to Jesus. Jesus. I believe he looks at him and says to one of his ears, I'm all over you. I'll get on you. And Jesus said, when I get on you, God's getting on you. Power and authority and anointing is a getting on you. Miracles is a getting on you. Deliverance is a getting on you. Light is getting on you. Heavens are getting on you. Ooh, the embodiment of the Godhead is about to climb all over you. Little donkey, you're about to get so much God on you. Mm-mm. Little donkey, you're about to trade some old earthly burden for a heavenly load. I want to tell you, I'm about to bust gut right there, man. Oh, little donkey, you're about to trade that old load you're pulling for a double portion of Holy Ghost, high octane, Jesus lifting, Jesus glorifying, heaven manifested power. Oh, they brought that donkey to Jesus. And I believe he whispered in his ear. I believe he stroked his mane one time. And boy, they put them coats on his back and they set Jesus on that donkey. Here's the miracle that Donkey, he didn't bite. He didn't buck up. He didn't resist. He didn't throw Jesus off. He just. Somebody said, how in the world do you take a wild, untamed donkey and get it gets that out of him? Mm. He's got the king on him. He's got God on him. He's got heaven on him. And God will climb on you. And God will get on you. And heaven will get on you. And remember, if a donkey can do it, you can too. Let's see if we can illustrate this. Come here, buddy. You and you and uh... Are you keeping up with the Braves game? That was a good one, wasn't it? Brother Tom and you two fellas. I want three of you to get right here. I want you to get three in front of them and face them. Here we go. All right. Now. 
Are they union? The street is lined on both sides with people. There's a whole multitude there waving their palm branches. Help me. Come on. Come on. You're waving your palm branches. They're waving their palm branches on both sides of the street. They got their hands lifted. They got their hands lifted. And they're saying, Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed is the King who cometh in the name of the Lord. All right, they're hollering and screaming. They're waving their palm branches. And then some people, some people are so excited, they take their coats off and they throw them in the way. Now you country boys, tell me, what does a mule or a horse or a donkey do when something's thrown up there in front of him? Boy, it scares him to death. But not this donkey. I mean, they're waving palm branches at him. They got their hands lifted and they're screaming. Oh, but he walks on. He is not afraid. He is not intimidated. They're waving him palm branches, but he will not be distracted. They got their hands lifted and they're screaming, but he will not be distracted. Oh, they throw stuff in his way, but he steps over it and he walks on. They're waving the palm branches. They're yelling to the top of their voice. Oh, but he doesn't back up and he doesn't rear up, but he walks on. He will not be distracted. He will not be discouraged. He will not be defeated. He's doing what he'd never do because he's got God on him. He's got the Lord on him. They're waving palm branches. They got their hands lifted. They're throwing their coats in the way. Oh, but he's walking on. Amen. He's walking on. I want to say saddle up to the king. And when they're waving their palm branches and throwing obstacles in your way and you hear the voice of people screaming, prod on, press on, go on. Be not defeated. Be not detoured. Be not distracted. Keep going in Jesus' name. Keep lifting Jesus up in Jesus' name. If a donkey can do it, you can too. Say right there, boys. You know what I love about this text? Nobody is saying Look at the pretty little donkey. You know why? They can't even see the donkey. He's hid by the crowd. But sitting high. But sitting high on the top of the donkey. And they're going... There he goes. There he goes. The donkey? No. There's the king. There's the king. There's the king. There's the king. The king's getting the glory. 
and the donkey is getting none of the glory. May we live here tonight and they don't see us, but they see him. They see Jesus. It's not about us. It's all about him. Thanks, fellas. Give them a hand. They done good. You know why nobody is saying, look at the cute little donkey? Because he ain't cute. He's ugly. Now, if you own donkeys, don't run up here to me after church like some woman did the other night in Mississippi. I don't care if you got poodle dogs or donkeys. They ugly. The poodle dogs and the donkey. You know why? They just ain't pretty. They got a long face. More big ears, curl up lips, green teeth, bad breath. There's my wife's mother again, bless her heart. <laughs> the donkeys are like some of me and my kin people. They're so ugly, they're cute. <laughs> but I gotta take that statement back. They're beautiful creatures. They really are. And you know what's so beautiful about the donkey? Now, if it's a real Asiatic donkey, if it's a real, what they call, Jerusalem donkey, whether he's from there or been here, if it's a real Asiatic Jerusalem donkey, every one of them, without exception, has a line going down its back and another line across its shoulders And it forms a perfect cross. Do you realize what's happening in this text? The donkey has picked up its cross. And here's the donkey with the cross on his back. Sitting on top of the donkey. On top of the cross, going to the cross is is Jesus Christ. No wonder they begin to praise God because here's the donkey taking Christ and the cross through a world that needs to see him. Oh, you know what America needs tonight. You know what Dalton, Georgia needs tonight. You know what our families need tonight for somebody to get saddled up to the King of Kings and take up his cross and lift up Jesus and let Jesus be seen to people. They need him and his cross. And remember, if a donkey can do it, you can too. I'm closing tonight. I really mean it this time. Jesus said the whole crutch of this text is when they ask you why you're doing it, you tell them the Lord has a need. You know why we're having this church service tonight? Because there's a need. We need God and the world needs us. And there's a little broken family somewhere in need. 
There's a lost boy or girl tonight in need. And you need to take Jesus to them and lift Jesus up. About a year ago, I was preaching in Jackson, Michigan. It's a suburb of Detroit, about 60 miles west. We'd eaten lunch with several of the pastors and one of the preachers was taken back to the hotel. And there's a, we got ready to turn to the parking lot and there was a little blue truck. And it was broke down. It was a Dodge. And the little truck was broke down. And Brother Cofield, I noticed beside the truck there were two feet, big feet. And I thought, you know, somebody must be under the truck. And I, and I looked and they weren't under the truck. They were laying right beside of the truck. And they were trembling. They were foaming at the mouth. They were convulsing all over their bodies. And I walked up to that man about my son's age. And I said, hey man, what's wrong? What's wrong? Can I help you? And I visited enough hospitals to know. I heard that last death gurgle. <laughs> and he died at my fingertips. Found out he was he OD'd. Never seen nobody die like that. Pull me out of the frame. A few minutes, his buddy come running out of the hotel. He said, hey man, I've called 911. Hang on. And I said, son, come here just a minute. Your buddy's dead. Too late for 911. About the time the ambulance pulled in, the policeman pulled in, and they began to question that boy. I helped him pick that young man up and put him on that stretcher. And he was gone. It tore my nerves up. After everything calmed down, I walked across the parking lot and went into my hotel and trying to study, and I couldn't study. I tried to pray, I couldn't pray. I tried to take a nap. Every time I closed my eyes, I could see that boy convulsing. I could feel his breath hit mine. <gasps> Died of that OD. I looked out my window and I could see his outline laying on that asphalt. I was sitting in that room and about that time the Holy Ghost said to me, Joe, that could have been your boy. And it hit me. It was somebody's boy. And when you watch what you say to people, because you may not think nothing of them, but it's somebody's mama or somebody's son. And they may not mean nothing to us, but they mean something to their family. And I'm going to tell you this, they mean something to God. They mean something to God. That could have been your boy. And oh Lord, then it hit me, Steve, it hit me. It could have been me. Joe, that could have been you. And then it hit me, Joe, the only reason why it ain't you was that night in that little church where your daddy got saddled up and brought Jesus to your house. Joe, the only reason why it's not you is daddy's saddled up and he brought Jesus to the house 
And may I say there's somebody that needs you. There's a mama that needs you. There's a daddy that needs you. There's a sinner that needs you. There's a teenage boy or girl that needs you. There's a broken family that needs you. So saddle up and give them Jesus. And remember, if a donkey can do it, you can too. So saddle up tonight to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because somebody needs to see him high and they need to see him on you and on me. We're standing together tonight, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving, we love you tonight. And Lord, I'm glad for the day you bought us. I'm glad for the day you brought us. I'm glad for the day we got broke in. Lord, may we lift you up to a lost and a dying world. God, it's not about us, but it's all about you. Help all of us to leave this service tonight lifting Jesus high because our country needs it never like never before. Our families need it like never before. The next generation needs it like never before. So may we saddle up tonight and take the ride of our life and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory.